Not all heroes are super. We are the Spy Fi Guys, and this is Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Welcome to the Spy Fi Guys, where we cover spy facts, spy fiction, and everything in between. I'm Christian. And I'm Zach. And today we are covering the Marvel TV show, Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., from 2013, yes, this is part of the rerun summer where we've been covering pilots and certain other episodes of various TV shows from our past and the world's past. But this is very much our past, I'm sure. This will also be our last official uh, episode of the rerun summer since summer is ending. Well, this is going to drop on uh, September 29th. Okay, so to let you a little past the end of summer... But, you know, we're squeaking in. It's still like that same. Anyways, this is our last official episode of the rerun summer. Although, who knows? You might get something else extra. We'll see. So, obviously, Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. is something that we're both familiar with, being Marvel fans. And I remember very much the build-up to it in the first couple mm-hmm. seasons. I did not watch the entire series. Did you watch the first season? Yes. Okay. All right. I think some of the second, maybe the third, like I gave okay. it a good run, but right. I did not yeah. make it all the way through. That's fair. I, I watched it all the way through first run. May or may not even been wearing a shield uh, j- jacket right now. <laughs> yeah, I remember thinking at the time, why would I want to watch a superhero show where none of the main characters are superheroes? And now, because remember, this was before all the Marvel Netflix shows. I think right, it might have yeah. even been before Arrow. It was one of the, um, certain, certainly the first Marvel show and the first superhero show in a while. Slightly after Arrow, but like not by much. I think Arrow was maybe in its second season or something like that. So it was not, not far off. So we're covering today the pilot and episode 17 of the first season, Turn, Turn, Turn. But why don't we get started with the pilot? Okay, so here's the IEMDB plot summary for pilot and it is only called pilot. It doesn't have a name. S.H.I.E.L.D. puts together a special team led by Agent Phil Coulson to track down a mysterious man with special abilities and the young computer hacker that's encouraging him to reveal himself to the world. So we start with like scenes of the Battle of New York, which is what the big battle in the first Avengers movie is referred to. It opens with the old Marvel logo, which is just a fast comic book flip. Mm-hmm. I was like, yeah, I remember that. They've had the new one for a while. Some would say the more pretentious one. Certainly the longer (laughs) one. It is longer, at least. We start off with a narration from a character we'll we'll know as Sky uh, about how now the public knows that heroes exist. And we meet this kid whose name is Ace who's looking at Avengers toys in a window. Apparently his dad, whose name is Mike, doesn't have a job. And he's like you know, saying, you know, next, you know, you can get those for me next time, Dad, since they can't afford it now. Yeah, I thought this is this the only kid in the universe who doesn't like superheroes. When his dad asked him for a toy, he actually asked him, "Who's your favorite?" The kid was like, "Meh." It's a pretty no, smart I've, kid. It's more that he knows that his dad can't actually afford any of these. So what's the point in saying yeah. which one's your favorite? Yeah, he's thinking a couple steps ahead. Yeah. Anyway, so as this family drama is happening, there's an explosion of a building that they're right next to. Uh, Mike goes to help. He has super strength because he punches through a handhold into the wall and climbs up the wall, saves a woman inside the building. Yeah, so something I was wondering here, because I remember... 
back in the day, back in 2013. I watched the first episode. I remember liking it, but I also remember that the absorbing man was the lead guy, the main character. But he is not the absorbing man. I guess the absorbing man is later. He is season two. He saves a woman who is inside the building that had exploded, jumps out the window, does a nice superhero landing. And as this is happening, Sky catches it all on her camera phone. We cut over to Paris, where Agent Ward is on a mission. There's a mention of a group called the Rising Tide, who has apparently leaked information of the meat he's supposed to do onto the web. I remember the name Rising Tide. I was like, oh yeah, that that came back to me. (laughs) (laughs) So he gets off a motorcycle and then disguises himself as a waiter, takes a glass from a customer and uses this fancy tech to scan it for prints, and then also has a... uh, waiter's tray that is actually also an x-ray device to find where the secret vault is and uses the prints to get into the secret vault yeah this is true spy stuff Mm -hmm. yes comes right in and some men burst in they have a fight fight was good i I liked uh what's his name the actor's name brett dalton he Mm -hmm. does a pretty good fight scene ward gets up to the roof uh jumps on a rope on a helicopter that carries him out of paris yeah, definitely blowing out the budget for this initial superhero action and then just regular action. That looked like it was actually Paris because I feel like I've been in that bistro. I've, you know, who knows? There's so many little corner bistros in Paris. It could have been any one of them. And something in LA made up to look like it, probably. Yeah. Well, no, but I mean, they were actually there on the. Uh, oof. Now I'm forgetting what the name of the river in Paris is. It's not the Tiber, it's not the Thames. The Seine? The Seine, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, but it's like right there on the Seine. I, I, I noticed uh, Notre Dame pre-fire in the background there. Oh, yeah. We cut to him in a debrief with Maria Hill, played by Kobe Smulders. He hands over what he found, which is a Chitauri Neuralink, and he wants to know how the rising tide found out about the intel. He also wants to know why he was pulled out of Paris. And Hill says, ask Coulson. And Ward is like, I'm a level six, you know, S.H.I.E.L.D. agent. I know that Agent Coulson died shortly before the Battle of New York. Yeah, so a couple of things here before the big reveal. Mm-hmm. So I was like, so the uh, the Avengers never found out that Coulson came back to life, no. I guess. No. That's kind of amazing. I guess someone like Thor, who isn't that curious, I kind of is fine with it. But I'm amazed Black Widow never found out. Because Intel Maybe is what she, she does. She just didn't care. So here's the thing. And the reason why is because there was a split between Marvel Television and Marvel Studios at the time. Mm. The things in the TV show would affect would never stuff, affect stuff in the movies, but stuff in the movies would ne- would could affect stuff in the TV show. So even though they said it was a whole big thing about it, hashtag it's all connected, it was only kind of connected. Well, it's a little bit of a problem in comic books, too. And I seem to remember they were going to declare Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. to be not canon. Did that ever happen? Uh, let's not. Let's <laughs> let's it not go happen. into that. Let's not let's not piss off the Agents of Shield fan base here, of which okay. I'm one of. But I mean, I, there is I, if you look at it, there is a certain place where we could just declare it like a branch off into the multiverse. Okay. Yeah. I mean, I just remember Agents of Shield went through a lot of changes. It changed with the MCU. Mm-hmm. It was yeah, it, did. One, it was there like kind of right at the beginning. I've been reading a book about the making of Star Trek, and they also have a lot of growing pants. 
the big reveal, Coulson is still alive. He steps out of the shadows and says, welcome to level seven. Which was great, but then he undermines it with a joke. Now, no, I thought it was a good a good way to, like, you know, because, I mean, it plays the trope and then, you know, hangs a lampshade on it. Yeah, this was back in 2013 when that was still new. Now people have gotten kind of sick of it in the MCU mm. movies. Anyway, so we get a shot of Sky following Mike. Uh, he's going to a cafe. Uh, we find out that apparently Fury faked Coulson's death. He stopped breathing for about 40 seconds, but the Avengers had no idea. Uh, he apparently went to Tahiti. It's a magical place. Yeah, that didn't get old. I still found that funny. <laughs> they said it just enough that it wasn't, mm. that it didn't get on my nerves. Yeah. So they watch also the footage from the Rising Tide, and we find out that Coulson is starting a new mobile command unit. And he wants Ward to be part of the team. He, Ward is resistant. He's a specialist. He goes in, goes out, does you know, does the mission solo. He has very bad people skills, apparently. Yeah, I didn't think his people skills were that bad, based on what we saw of him in these two episodes. It's just not his forte. Yeah. And in addition to Ward, Hill is actually iffy on the whole team. He's not sure if Coulson's really ready to go back. You know, he says maybe, or she she says, maybe you should go back to Tahiti. It's a magical place. I don't think they said it quite that much, but okay. No, no. But they drop a little bit of a story crumb here where mm-hmm. I think Ron Glass, who was here, and the Maria Hill say, yeah. mm-hmm. he can never know about what really happened with his right. resurrection. It's like, dun, ooh, dun, very dun. mysterious. <laughs> we go back to Mike, who's in that cafe. The news is referring to him as the hooded hero. Sky finds him, sits in his booth, the same booth as him, tells him to act natural because you never know who's listening. She starts geeking out about his powers and the fact that he has powers, but also says that she is in, or he is in danger. From who? From S.H.I.E.L.D. And at this point, he doesn't know who S.H.I.E.L.D. is, which is interesting. Yeah, I mean, they're not supposed to be famous even still. Hmm. So a couple of things here. First, I like back and forth banter, the Joss Whedon's banter, where she's like, just make it look like we're talking. And he says, we are talking. She's like, no, 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 just sitting here and talking. He says, yeah, that's what we're doing, just sitting here and talking. That being said, I was a little bit, her characterization seemed a little bit inconsistent, where she is so fangirling over him, but Hmm. then she has a very sardonic attitude towards seemingly everything else in the world, especially S.H.I.E.L.D. Uh Uh-huh. I'm wondering, why is she so suspicious of S.H.I.E.L.D.? Well, we do find that out later in the series. Oh, okay. There's a larger thing. I mean, one of the things about this episode that I actually liked was Mm -hmm. they got a little bit meta-commentary, one might almost say political, where she's like, there's these men in the suits. They're very involved with the superheroes, Mm -hmm. right? Like, the whole Avengers was put together by S.H.I.E.L.D., but it's all secret. Like, the government just does it, and the people don't know about it. They're definitely not consulted about it. And don't you have a problem with that is Sky's point of view. I mm-hmm. thought that was quite interesting, but unfortunately the episode didn't really follow through on. I mean, it sets up some stuff, but and we'll, we'll see. Maybe we'll see more of that before we, or not before, when we get to our second episode about larger conspiracies and stuff. Yeah, it's a thing in superheroes. And this is going to be a very hot take, and this is not oh, a hot boy, take. I necessarily agree with it. But I read once that superheroes are, by their very nature, to- kind of totalitarian. One almost would say, like, fascist. 
because hmm. they use their great strength to enforce the status quo at gunpoint, basically. Interesting. And in the MCU, at least at first, when you had S.H.I.E.L.D., which was government, teaming right. up with the superheroes, they never addressed it explicitly. And I liked how they addressed it in this episode. I wish there was more yeah. of it. Yeah. Yeah, so she, she says she can help because she's good with computers. Apparently she lives in her van, which is parked right around the corner. Mike turns her down for any help, but she pockets his license and finds out what his you know, full name is, Mike Peterson. Yeah, he does a really good job in this scene. And in the last meta commentary, I know I won't keep harping on this. She says they had the battle in New York and they cleaned it up overnight. <laughs> I wondered if that was like a meta thing where these huge events happen and by the next movie, everything's back to normal. Maybe. A little bit of hanging lampshade. So we next go to Melinda May, played by Ming-Na Wen, who's just in an office filing reports. And Coulson comes to see her. She immediately once Coulson shows up, she says, no, I'm not going back into the field. And he's like, no, no, I don't need you operational. I just need someone to drive the bus. No combat. And we get to pick our own ops here. No red tape. So she's like, are you sure it just needs someone to drive the bus? Yeah. Good thing Coulson has experience going around the world and recruiting people of interesting personalities. <laughs> yeah. This also reminds me of in the Birds of Prey comic by Gail Simone, how Lady Blackhawk would say, I'm just the pilot over and over again and would do things other than pilot. <laughs> so we see the bus, which is a big military plane with a giant shield logo on top of it. Not exactly secret, but it looked great. We also meet Fitz and Simmons, who are the uh, tech people on the team. They're arguing over a bunch of, bunch of different pieces of tech, including something called the Night Night Gun. Uh, Fitz does engineering and Simmons does biochemistry. And you can immediately tell that they're in love. How many seasons did it take for them to realize it? Oh, uh, like four or five. <laughs> Sounds about right. Yeah. Ward meets them. They give them give him a couple of new pieces of tech. And then we see a red convertible drive in, which is known as Lola. Apparently it's got old shield tech in it. We also find out that mobile command units like the bus were popular in the 90s before S.H.I.E.L.D. had helicarriers. And like at this that. point, Ward recognizes May and Colson says, no, no, she's just a pilot. Yes, they keep reiterating that. <laughs> Sky is now, again, making another big monologue about how you can't stop the rising tide. Yeah, she's uploading this to the net live streaming. So she was, yeah, a YouTube personality before <laughs> that was a really a big thing. <laughs> I think she would be very offended if you heard her call her a YouTube personality. I'm sure she saw herself more as a keyboard revolutionary. Uh-huh. I know, I know. I just get... But of course she's like, yeah, you can't stop us. And then Coulson opens the van door and puts a bag over her head. Oh my God, nothing scary about that. But it's not supposed to be scary. It's supposed to be like funny, which mm -hmm. it was. It was, yeah. She is brought into an interrogation room on the bus, interrogated by Ward and Coulson. They want to know more about the hooded hero. Apparently, the phone she used to record the video had the same signature as some of the Rising Tide posts. Yeah, that was like her big mistake that allowed him to catch her. By the way, I missed this earlier, but I, I yeah. wanted to bring it up now. When Maria Hill and Colson are talking about the hooded hero, mm -hmm. she calls him gifted. Yes. You remember them? They seem to have stopped using that in the MCU. So they really never had a good term for... A superpowered individual. Yeah. Actually, it's, she doesn't use it as a noun. She uses it as an adjective. She says, 
he's gifted or something like that. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I think they used enhanced individuals for a while. I don't remember what else other terms they used, but yeah, they didn't really have a good blanket term because they couldn't say mutants. And well, in humans, we'll get to later. But yeah, they didn't really have a good term. But in this case, his powers are artificial because he learned he got it through a product. Yeah, and we will get to that. So they send May and Fitzsimmons to go investigate the building that exploded. Sky, accused of blowing up the building to draw out Mike. She names drops New Mexico and Project Pegasus. New Mexico being where the first Thor movie happened. And Project Pegasus wouldn't be followed up on until until the Avengers. Oh, I guess that wasn't in the Avengers. But also it's where, where the end of Captain Marvel happens. So huh. setting up that stuff early. Yeah, I guess so. I also have a note here that Ward goes on some political rant. I don't remember what he says, but I, oh, I think he is like, Sky, you just want to tear everything down and you don't care oh. what happens when it's over. <laughs> Again, interesting stuff that they mm-hmm. that don't yep. quite follow through on. Mm-hmm. Yeah, <clears throat> so she also names drops Centipede. And then as soon as they she says that, Ward mouths to Coulson, Centipede, what's that? And she realizes they don't know what that is. And neither does the audience. Yeah. So Mike is on the phone with a doctor. He's saying how he wants to go public. And we see he has a device on his arm that kind of resembles a centipede. Fitzsimmons are, you know, still in that uh, exploded building. And they can tell it's a secret lab. They're wondering, was it sabotage? Fitz releases a bunch of drones to scan the area. Back in the interrogation room, Sky says that centipede appeared on the net and then was gone. Ward thinks that she was a superhero groupie, which apparently she one time was outside of Stark Tower. Uh Coulson says, pulls him out of the interrogation room, says that she's an asset. We need to know what she knows and pulls out an injector. Yeah. Coulson really trusts Sky pretty fast. Mm-hmm. He's willing to take a lot of chances. I guess that's consistent with him that he doesn't play by the rules. Yeah, no, no, he doesn't. So Fitz finds something, to dr- and uh, I like this little bit that the drones that he has are named after the seven dwarves. Uh, I thought it was a little excessively adorable. Fitz and that's Simmons kind of grated on me kind of quickly. Ooh. Not the first time around, but this time it did. Interesting. Now I thought, I mean, it was like, a, f- a fun nod of, all right, he's a geek, so it's like, all right, I'm going to name, I have seven of something, I'm going to name it, you know, in something in theme. You should have named him after the Dwarf Lords from Lord of the Rings. But there were seven, right? Uh, hold on. <laughs> There's seven of one we... of them. I mean, not to be like a gatekeeper for what is nerdy, but also it's owned by EBC, which is Disney, so it's a Disney connection. Maybe that's yeah. why. Yeah, that's probably, oh, wow, you are right, seven for the Dwarf Lords and their Halls of Stone. Huh. Mm-hmm. Anyways, if you don't know that, and I don't know the name of those seven dwarf lords, the general audience would not. So I like, I think, yes, the seven dwarves are a good call. There you go. But he, anyways, what he finds is a security camera, and he also finds some alien tech. So Coulson shows Sky the truth serum, and surprise, he injects Ward, not Sky. Yeah, I thought that was actually a pretty good twist, but then it's the lasso of truth from Wonder Woman, where it just starts making him volunteer information. A hilarious manner. It's the next. It's it's supposed to supposedly you know next gen um, sodium thiopenthal. You know. Yes, that's what they say. <clears throat> Coulson leaves the room. Says you can ask Ward whatever 
shoot you want. We're trying to build trust here. Yeah, nothing suspicious or questionable at that, that he might give away something he's not supposed to give away. <laughs> right. Wilson's very trusting, apparently. Uh -huh. Very trusting. Yeah. So Sky like tries to distract him, uh, asks is he, if he's killed anyone, and he's, yes, but they're all bad people. So Mike is going back to his foreman to try to get his construction job back. Apparently there's no jobs anymore. Tries to show off his strength to say, you know, look what I can do. It backfires. He gets mad at the foreman and he's kind of losing it. He's like, you're the bad guy and I'm the hero. This was great. This was a very interesting turn of phrase. Hmm. But before I get into that, I wanted to mention really quickly that's, that the foreman says, you guys come here bitching, which I was surprised to hear in a hmm. ABC primetime show. I know <laughs> right. it's in a G movie, Tora, 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 but even so. But anyway, so <laughs> I thought it was interesting that Mike Peterson could have gone either way. Yeah. Oh, yeah. You know, like right now he could be a hero or he could be a villain. It just depends on who gets to him first. It's a very mm -hmm. interesting uh, way to take the story. But unfortunately, Mike, in fact, cannot fight the system by punching things, as it turns <laughs> out. Ward is passed out in the interrogation room. Sky is out of the room with Coulson, shows her footage of Mike attacking the plant, which motivates her to give Coulson the info about Mike. Yeah, apparently they didn't search her when they arrested her because she has the ID and they didn't find it. <laughs> but whatever. Yeah. I'm sure she also had probably more intel than just the ID. Yeah, well, see, there's the whole thing about only she has access to her records and they can't mm -hmm. get into it, yada, yada, yada. Yeah, so they go over the footage that uh, Fitz recovered. It's apparently corrupted data, but yeah, so Sky has actually the audio and it would help. But yeah, like you said, they couldn't decrypt her files, but apparently it's because they were GPS encoded. So they have to go back to the alley where her van is. Which is a little bit silly, because the whole point of having a mobile headquarters is that it can move around. So what would yeah. be the point of having it only work in one spot? Like, what if she had to get out of town quickly? Uh, I, don't <laughs> I, I don't know that it's necessarily... She doesn't live there because it's mobile. I think she lives there because that's all she can afford. Oh, well, there's Wi-Fi around the corner. Uh, yeah, because she says there's free Wi-Fi around the corner. So she's, I think, in a, like, a penny-pinching... Yeah, my yeah. fan theory is that she could have turned the GPS encoding off and just didn't. Probably, yeah. Yeah. Actually, no, you're, I think you're probably right because we'll get, well, we'll get to it. So Mike goes to see the woman he saved and who's in the hospital. It's revealed that she's actually the doctor who did the procedure on him. That was a great twist. Yeah. And by, you know, saving her, he exposed the program. The people who gave her the tech are very secretive. And she's like, you're losing. You got to get in control. Mm -hmm. So Sky is back in the alley in her van, sends Fitzsimmons the audio file. We find out that the alien tech wasn't actually what was the explosive. There, and there's also hints of gamma radiation. They're actually able to create a hologram that shows what's happening. There's a guy who's losing it at a person in a lab coat with a centipede tech on his arm. We find out that it's got super soldier serum inside of it. So not only gamma radiation, super uh, super soldier serum, alien tech. That's like what three out of the how many Avengers? That, uh, powers I thought it got. was very silly. <laughs> no, this is great. This is I think this is good. This is like all right, real world. If all these things were around, someone would try to combine them into one thing to make it an ultimate weapon. Yeah, I, I guess it's just silly. 
even though it's a cliche, I almost would have preferred that they just say they're trying to recreate Erskine's serum, but it's unstable. Like, just keep it simple. Hmm. But whatever. So, Sky, while she's in her van, puts an SD card in her bra. So, yes, th- she probably could have removed the encryption, but she wanted to, to go back there to get the SD- whatever's on that SD card. Mm-hmm. Mike arrives, knocks out May, who was with her. And also, Mike has his son Ace with him and says, you know, you got to get us out of here. This was great because she did too good of a job convincing him that S.H.I.E.L.D. were bad guys. <laughs> yep. Like, it, what goes around comes around. <laughs> So Coulson figures out that what was actually the explosive part was extremists. So, hey, there's your tie-in to Iron Man as well, which is from Iron Man 3. Yeah, that was great. Cap's powers, you've got extremists, which was an Iron Man thing, gamma radiation, alien tech like Thor, because he's an alien god. Mm-hmm. The thing about extremists is it's extremely unstable, so he is going to explode. And the options are either isolate him and let him explode, or put a bullet in his brain, and that'll stop the chain reaction. Very interesting turn of phrase. This is almost like a Star Trek episode. Mm-hmm. Where it's like, what do you do? And Coulson says, all right, you need to find a third way. As this is happening, Ward is like prepping a giant gun so that he can take out Mike. Mm-hmm. So Sky is in her van outside of Union Station in L.A. She is deleting Mike's identity and Ace's identity from the internet and everywhere. Mike's like, wait, how do I know you can actually do this? She says, I did it before once. But as she's doing this, she's also sending a signal to S.H.I.E.L.D. Right. The implication when she said, I've already done this once, is that she did it for herself. Yep. I think that's yep. pretty clear. Mm-hmm. Unfortunately, after this part, Sky doesn't have a whole lot of agency. She's like Faye Ray from King Kong, which just is getting dragged around everywhere and needs to be rescued. Ah. Uh... No, she has a little bit. So we'll, we'll get to it. So Fitzsimmons uh-huh. are trying to find that third way out. But as they're doing so, they get a security breach. But it's sending longitude and latitude. And it's they realize it's Sky telling them where Mike is. So Ward and Coulson arrive on the scene. Ward thinks that they're risking innocent lives for a nobody. And as this happens, Mike throws the van door and knocks a bunch of other agents out. Yeah, there's a part where someone yells at him, we're not a threat, we're not a threat, which is very convincing. Not. Sky, I mean, yeah, she is kidnapped, but she does have a little bit more agency. She starts a fight as a distraction and gets away. That's true. I forgot about that part. That was good. And then as this is happening, Coulson gets uh, the son, Ace, to safety, and Ward tries to fight Mike. It does not go well. Mm -hmm. But as this is going on, the doctor... The centipede doctor sends someone dressed as like a cop into the building. So we've got a third party now. Yeah, there's a lot going on, which I appreciated. It wasn't too much. Yeah. May and Fitzsimmons also arrive. They And they say that there's a third party here that's not us and not the cops and not Mike. Right. So the evil cop, or the fake cop rather, goes after Mike and Skye. And at this point, Mike gets thrown off of a really tall balcony, but May takes out the fake cop with a really cool fight scene. And <laughs> Scott, like, I, I yeah. love all of May's fights. She's really good. Yeah, they looked good. Yeah, so Mike is now on the ground, but he's gets up, brushes himself off. He's okay. Coulson is trying to talk him down. Ward contacts him, says he has a clear shot. Um, well, and- in the context of talking him down, he had this whole big speech again about fighting the system, which was great. 
Mm-hmm. I have plenty of favorite quotes. Can we oh, yeah. so can we talk about one of them? Okay. Sure, sure. So there's one when he says, these heroes are better than man. There's gods, and then there's the rest of us. They're giants, and we're what they step on. Mm-hmm. Okay? Which reminds me of the part in The Dark Knight Returns when Superman oh, says, we God. must not remind them of the giants walk the earth. Come on, The Dark Knight oh. Returns is great. I know you don't no, like it. No, it's terrible. The Dark Knight Returns is terrible. Terrible? Okay, we're not here to argue about that. And I, I hate any time it's brought up as this pinnacle of comic bookdom because, okay, you know, it's fine, but it and Watchmen are responsible for all the 80s grim and greediness that followed it, which made everyone think that the way to make comics good is to have more killing and just make it dark and gritty and grim, even for characters that it doesn't fit. So I'm just tired of it. It's especially true for DC. DC is especially notorious for that. Yes. Yes. I mean, you can blame the entire Snyderverse for the Dark Knight Returns, <laughs> and I'm done with it. So, yeah. But anyway, so getting back to this episode. Sorry, yeah. I just, just yeah. Really good bet. Really interesting. Know, it was concept. good, yeah. But then they don't go do anything with it in the rest of the series, at least not as far as I watched. Mm, no, they, I mean, so Mike Peterson does come back, and we'll get we get more of him. Um, not in the episodes we're watching, though, but... No, I know we get more Mike Peterson. I mean, this idea... <laughs> Um, yes and no. I mean, okay. I, in the first season, there's a bit more of it. But I thought it was interesting watching this part uh-huh. from a 2022 lens after all, all any of the, like, police and, and uh, black people shootings that have happened or at police brutality. And just looking at it through that lens of, all right, you know, this is, yeah, this is a black guy who is being, thre- you know, seemingly threatened by the system. And yeah, he's mm-hmm. saying, you know, you, you said it'd be good enough. You know, like he's like, and when he says, you said that we just have to work hard and we can make it. So it's, it's like looking at it through that, it's like, wow, this it's actually more impactful now, actually. Yeah, it was good. This is what yeah, was yeah. good. I, I'm agreeing with you. Yeah. The, the one last thing that this also reminded me of, which was in Gotham Central. Do you have a chip on your soldier about Gotham Central? The comic no. book series. So there's a serial killer in it who goes around killing people and dressing them up as Robin. They're dead bodies. Oh, yeah, I remember this. At the end, when they ask him why he did it, he's because he says it's because their world is the real world. Our world is not the real world. We don't matter. They matter. So I like that. As he's having this big speech, Coulson actually says, you know what? I agree with you. You're, You're right. I've been on the end of, you know, gods and how they can affect your entire right. life because he got stabbed and seemingly died for 40 seconds and he says you know it matters who you are and is actually managing to talk him down and at once it seems like mike is calm we hear a shot ring out and his head goes back uh-huh. simmons rushes in we see that ward has taken the shot but when you look we have that reveal of him it's not the big you know actual gun he was using in actuality, it's the night night gun. Yeah, and then they they use icers later. That's what I thought they were using at first. But I mean, it, that's it's what the icers evolved into or evolved from rather. Yeah, but yeah. So, I mean, and it is important. Like, even though he was Coulson was successful in talking him down, he was still going to explode if something hadn't been done. So that's why it was mm-hmm. necessary to get like at least shoot him and knock him out with the icer. Maria get Hale gets a report that. Uh, Mike is in stable condition, and we go to, what is this, like a S.H.I.E.L.D. foster home? I wasn't actually sure where this was supposed to be. It's like some farm in the middle of nowhere. Is this in Hawkeye's farm? 
<laughs> I know it could be. Yeah, it wasn't explained. I guess they just needed some space they could do the flying car. Yeah. So apparently Ace is living there now, and Sky tells Ace that his father's going to come home. They get into Lola, the yeah, the red car. Colson gives Sky an offer to join the team. She says she's not a team player, and just as about, as this is happening. Ward calls in, says they've got an 084. They need to go in and confirm. This guy is told she has 10 minutes to make her decision. And he's like, real 10? What? We're not going to get back to the bus in 10 minutes. And then the wheels on the on Lola turn sideways and reveal that this is a old-fashioned shield flying car, like from the Nick Fury comics of the 60s. Or also like from Back to the Future. Nick Fury was first in yeah. the 60s. But th- I mean, this was very reminiscent of the Back to the Future 1 ending. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I also like how the logo flips to the S.H.I.E.L.D. logo. Classic super spy agency move. Mm -hmm. But with that, our episode ends. All right, so now it is time for our Spy Fact versus Fiction. I don't actually have any this time. I thought about looking up black bagging, but I didn't want to get on a list. And then I also (laughs) wanted to look up something else, but I forgot. (laughs) All right, well, I have a few things. Uh So first, just covering S.H.I.E.L.D. So this is from Wikipedia. It is a fictional espionage Special Law Enforcement and Counterterrorism Agency, which appeared in Marvel Comics. Its Uh first appearance was in Strange Tales number 135 in August 1965. The acronym originally stood for Supreme Headquarters International Espionage and Law Enforcement Division. It was changed in 1991 to Strategic Hazard Intervention Espionage Logistics Directorate. And then once it appeared in the Marvel Cinematic Universe, it became the Strategic Homeland Intervention Enforcement and Logistics Division, which it changed to in the comics as well. So yeah, post 9-11, they added that Homeland because of Homeland Security. I remember one time in Bar Trivia, they asked us what it stood for. And I was like, it stood for four different things. Good luck keeping <laughs> them all straight. They probably meant what it was in the Marvel, uni- uh, Marvel Cinematic Universe. Um, mm. So... I also have something on the rising tide. So this was actually a little bit of a controversy when the first episode aired. Oh, yeah? Why is that? Because, uh, yeah, so this is from a Wired article, which says, uh, which is titled, Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. gives its activists the same name as an actual activist group. Oh, yeah. Maybe that's why it sounded familiar. Yeah, so there was a little controversy because there is an actual real-life organization called The Rising Tide, which is an international all-volunteer grassroots network of groups and individuals who organize locally, promote community-based solutions to the climate crisis, and take direct action to confront the root causes of climate change. But yeah, so they actually were a little annoyed about that Marvel was using the same name as them as like some sort of hacktivist, um, anonymous, and WikiLeaks kind of group. And fun fun fact, I actually applied for jobs at the Rising Tide when I moved to D.C. Half because I was kind of amused that it was the same name as the group as Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Yeah, funny how that seems to happen. And lastly, so the bus is a converted Boeing C-17 Globemaster III. Uh, It's a, according to Wikipedia, it's a large military transport aircraft that was developed for the U.S. Air Force from the 1980s to the early 1990s by McDonnell Douglas. The C-17 carries forward the name of two piston-engineered military aircraft, the Douglas C-74 Globemaster and the Douglas C-124 Globemaster II. So this is the Globemaster III. Nice. Yep. Uh, that's what I got for Spy Fact versus Fiction. 
All right, so now it's time for our favorite quotes. I can go first. I have a few. All right. In the beginning, this guy says, something impossible just happened. What are you going to do? It was almost too good for this show, as long as in a movie. <laughs> when someone says the Battle of New York was the end of the world, now we're living in the new one. Mm-hmm. It's probably Sky. Yeah, when Sky says it was one time. <laughs> oh, about... Being a sweaty cosplay girl. Outside of Stark Tower. <laughs> yeah, a couple of Fitz ones where he says, uh, by luck, I mean unappreciated genius. And then later, when they look at the hologram, he says, this one man is angry at the other man. That was actually quite funny. (laughs) That was actually pretty good. (laughs) And then finally, Mike Peterson says, no, it's an origin story. I like Mm, that. A little meta-ness is a way to get my favorite quote. I've got one from War that's, someone really wanted our initials to spell out S.H.I.E.L.D. Yeah, I believe that. Was this episode written by Joss Whedon, by the way? I feel like it was. Maybe. Uh, I know he directed it. I think his brother, Jed, and Jed's wife, whose name, Marissa, I forget what her uh-huh. last name is, are the main showrunners and writers. Also from Coulson, when he steps out of the shadows, welcome to level seven. Before immediately undermining it. <laughs> and lastly, from Sky, with great power comes a ton of weird crap that you are not prepared to deal with. Yeah, this is long before Spider-Man showed up. Yeah, but they were they were able to reference it somehow and just get away with it. <laughs> All right. So how would you rate this episode, Zach? On a scale of 1 to 10, Martini's 1 being Avengers 97, 10 being better than Taken or No Time to Die or Burn Notice. So there's not a lot here to dislike, mm-hmm. I must say. Like, mm-hmm. I was thinking, like, am I going to give this a 9 out of 10? There's a lot of good stuff. But then when I kind of thought about it, I was like, Michael Peterson's stuff is really good, but there's a lot going on and they didn't follow through with the, with the subtext. They just didn't. And I would have loved that. So I don't think I could give it a nine out of 10. I will give it an eight out of 10. I thought it was pretty enjoyable. Wow. Okay. And nothing really bothered me too much. Interesting. I, Wow. Maybe you got me in a good mood today. Uh, am I going to give it lower than you? That's been known to happen. It's not unusual. Yeah, but for Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., a show that I finished, like the entire run of that I loved that Because, I mean, it's it's a good pilot, but there are so many, I, I guess, because I saw all the rest of it, so I guess maybe I'm judging it against other episodes rather than judging it on its own. Mm-hmm. I had basically forgotten the entire series by the time ah, we went back around to watch it. I see. It. So you, you, you have... I'm also going to give it an 8 because I, you're right. There is a lot to like. There's a lot of good setup. And there's like solid action here. And mm-hmm. they actually do have a, a little bit of real world spying of him. Like, you know, going and finding the thing in the vault. Um, I mean, it, it leaned more superhero than spy at times. But it was still pretty solid and pretty yeah. good. I really liked it, yeah. I noticed that the IMD people rated it seven and a half. Hmm. Maybe that might have influenced me a little bit. I hope. I not. was leaning towards seven and a half at first. I was like, no, I can't let Zach rate this higher than me. As you choose, as you choose. <laughs> All right, shall we move on to our next episode? Okay, yeah. So our next episode is episode seventeen of season one, called "Turn, Turn, Turn." The IMDb description is, S.H.I.E.L.D. has been compromised by an old enemy. The team doesn't know whom to trust. Wow, that is brief and doesn't give too much away. I like it. 
Yeah, but it captures the feeling of the episode very well. <laughs> oh, yeah, it does. So we get a bunch of stuff in this previously on. So, and I will sum- summarize it and other stuff that we didn't necessarily see between, you know, episodes one and six, 17. The big bad of season one is known as the clairvoyant. He's the person behind Centipede. Uh, wow. And they think they find find him before they get any, any real information out of him. Ward kills him. Agent May has a secure line on the bus that she's contacting someone with. It's also Coulson figures out that Col- clairvoyant, who their name is such because they think that he is the clairvoyant is actually psychic, doesn't actually have powers, but they have a security clearance. Uh, so he's basically the calculator. Yeah, yeah, basically. In the previous episode, we meet Agent Garrett and Agent Triplett. Agent Garrett was uh, Ward's SO, his superior officer, the person who trained him. And uh, right now, Agent Trip is or Triplett is underneath uh, Garrett's wing. And as all, a lot of these secrets start coming to light, the bus is taken over by Victoria Hand, who is a high-ranking S.H.I.E.L.D. agent. And her instructions to people uh, to her team is kill everyone on board except Coulson. Yeah. So that's all of, a lot of the setup. So it's a lot of setup here, but I think this is a good episode. You also have May and Coulson pointing guns at each other when the episode starts. I, for, I forgot about that part. Yeah. So which is that what the show is like the characters always at each other's throats? No, it's just no? this part here. <laughs> okay. <laughs> we see uh, a shield plane either diegetically or non-diegetically. I'm not actually sure. We hear Don't Fear the Reaper. Great song. Needs more cowbell. Yeah, this part was really good. I like the planes flying around. I like the music. It's a great way yeah. to start the episode. And then yeah. there's Bill Paxton. What's not to like? Or who plays Agent Garrett. He's at the uh, the yoke of the, of the plane. Computer tells him that your UAV is detected. He tries to contact S.H.I.E.L.D. No one's answering him. They start firing missiles at him. He dives and he rolls and <laughs> like, get, manages to get the missiles to crash into each other. Pulls up alongside the drones and finds out that they're S.H.I.E.L.D. drones. Dun, dun, so, dun. What is happening? <laughs> on the bus, Coulson and Sky have Agent May at gunpoint or icer point at least. Mm-hmm. They're asking her, why did she reroute the bus? She's like, no, I didn't do this. HQ can take remote control. All right, so why did you have an encrypted hard line? And she says, apparently it was a dedicated channel to Director Fury. And she's under orders, but she can't get in touch with Fury. They're so suspicious. There's a lot of suspicion going on right here. They're like, you're full of shit, Agent May. A direct line to Fury. Pull our other leg. And I'm kind of like, don't you guys like work in this field? You'd think that wouldn't be that far-fetched of a claim that she reports directly to him. Yeah, but so supposedly does Coulson. So that's why he's like feeling like he was out of the loop on it and and demanding to know why. There's a a lot of stuff that happened in between here and now. Coulson got tortured in in the machine that brought him back to life. Yeah, they talk about that. It's just there's a lot of counter accusations. There's a lot of stuff that happened that made Coulson more and more suspicious of what's going on and how he was actually brought back. So that's that's uh, part of why all the suspicions flying around. May tries to deflect the uh, suspicion off of her onto Fitz because what was Fitz doing rummaging around in the sat cables? Yeah, I just have a note. More accusations, more secrets, yep. more yelling. 
<laughs> so Coulson has Sky get her laptop to find any shield communications and is like, who is she, Simmons talking to? She might be putting herself in danger because we don't know who to trust. And as if to answer that question, we see Simmons in a lab at the hub and Agent Tripp approaches. Apparently it's very noisy today in the hub. There's a lot going on. He's wondering, you know, what she's working on, but she's being very secretive about it. So many secrets. Yeah. <laughs> it's almost like this is a spy show. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So he mentions on that mission we did together, which was in another episode, that we saw a serum that brought a girl back to life. But now I'm thinking about it. I didn't see anything about it in the report. And Simon explains that she's trying to keep the secret. She needs to contact her mentor, Dr. Weaver, at S.H.I.E.L.D. Academy. He says that his level 6 clearance gets him access to the hollow box communication, so he'll try to set something up. This is kind of a lot. Yeah, it's a lot. <laughs> yeah. Back on the bus, Daisy, or not Daisy, Sky, <laughs> can't uh-huh. get any S.H.I.E.L.D. signals. Coulson still has May at gunpoint and asks her why. That they why are all the signals down? She claims she doesn't know. But as soon as that happens, Garrett breaks through the noise. Those drones are still on him. So Colson just shoots me with an icer. Yeah, it's gonna save us a lot of time there, Colson. If it's not deadly. Yeah. Colson has Fitz rewire the guns to manual control. And basically, like, you know, the scene in Star Wars, he's taken out the drones. Yeah, it was a good aerial battle. Yeah, I liked it. He takes out one and then suggests to Garrett that he should play dead, which means Coulson's going to fire two missiles at him and Garrett will fly right between the two missiles, which will take out the other drone. It's like TV-level Top Gun. (laughs) So Victoria Hand in the hub gets reports on the drones. One of the other agents is like, are you sure we, we should be trying to keep, you know, kill these people who were once our friends? And she says that once that encoded transmission went out, everything changed. And if you waver, you die. <laughs> so her plan, knowing that Hydra is going out, is just kill everybody <laughs> and let right. God sort them out, presumably. Seemingly. Well, kind of. We'll see. Garrett ducks. He reveals that they're being brought to the hub. And Coulson reveals to Garrett that the clairvoyant is a S.H.I.E.L.D. agent. He thinks it's Victoria Hand. As is going on, Skye is decoding a message that was sent out. Out of the shadows, into the light. Hydra. Yeah, I like how they put Hydra at the end, just so dumb audience members can figure it out. (laughs) So this this happened simultaneously. Like This was released either the same week or the week after... Captain America the Winter Soldier came out. So that whole reveal, that was like the way they orchestrated that and had it happen here and there, it I, it was brilliant. And so that, that like seeing it actually happen here was really fun. Yeah, I remember it blew people's minds at the time and it is pretty impressive and they haven't done it since to yeah. have a TV overlap with the movie is so well. I think the movie came out that weekend and then Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. dropped on Tuesdays. So it was a few days later. Yeah, so long enough to get most of your diehard fans out to the theater, but still mm-hmm. short enough that you have that overlap. Yeah, it's pretty impressive because it feels like a living universe where... Mm-hmm. It does, yeah, it really did. Like, this was the one of the times where, yeah, it really felt like it was all connected. Mm-hmm. Coulson realizes this is an activation message to Hydra members within S.H.I.E.L.D. Fitz is like, wait, what? wasn't Hydra 
defeated in World War Two, and and he's and Coulson replies yes, and Shield was, you know, founded in the wake of that victory. So Garrett decides he wants to abandon ship, you know, just parachute out and regroup somewhere else. But Fitz reminds everyone that Simmons at the hub, and they need to go and rescue her. Yeah. So back at the hub, Victoria Hand is putting a bunch of Shield agents into custody. Simmons and Trip are still unaccounted for, and by unaccounted for. You mean she means that they're just in the same lab that they've been in this whole time and haven't moved. <laughs> yeah. So Simmons gets through to Doctor Weaver like on a on a hologram. Yeah, this was like the the in Star Trek Discovery how they have the better holograms <laughs> than in the future. Also reminded me of the hologram message from Serenity that they find, which is like as you can see, it wasn't what we thought. Uh. I don't know. I was getting Leia, um, you know, help us, help me, Obi Wan Kenobi vibes. Yeah, that's also true. Anything with a hologram slash binary sunset. But yeah, <laughs> so she is under attack at Shield Academy. Hydra attack are attacking. She says, "Don't trust anyone." Once that happens, Trip locks the door. Well, he acts pretty suspicious. Exactly. Well, yeah. I, I don't really know how to describe how he acts. He seems like a bad guy. Hmm? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> And she, like, is like, how can I trust you? And, like, he brings out a knife, uh, like, with a retractable knife, and, like, seeming very threatening, and then gives it to Simmons. I was like, oh, I was like, okay, that's how, because I gave you a weapon. Yeah, I guess sure. he's okay. Yeah. So, in a holding cell, Maya wakes up. Uh, she's in the interrogation room, actually, with Ward, who has been in there since he shot the clairvoyant, or the fake clairvoyant, at least. <laughs> yeah with that ward he's always in trouble for something and he's like impressed that may was conning them this whole time reporting on them behind their backs yeah so this is like the bird notice thing it's like you guys are spies you're gonna have to get over the fact that people sometimes <laughs> lie to you i mean are you serious yeah but yet? you don't you think it'll happen f- you know outside of your team not from people on your own team i just wish someone said i lied to you to protect you <laughs> That never gets old. Does no one say that? Not not this time. I would have written it down. I never miss it if it if it happens. All right, all right. I'll put a pin in that. She said, "Yeah, they did." And you shot him, the clairvoyant, to protect Sky. Oh yeah, another thing that happened in these between these episodes, because there's you know clearly some underlying sexual tension between Ward and Sky. But in the mm-hmm. meantime, May and Ward hooked up. Yes, that I do remember. Once they mentioned <laughs> that, I thought that was funny. Yeah. Anyways, but May reveals that Ward actually shot the wrong guy. And once that's revealed, Coulson lets both of them out because they realize they need their help, even though they don't necessarily trust them entirely. Mm -hmm. So Coulson lets out May to get Fury on the line. Ward is let out because they're going to need a specialist. Garrett informs Ward that they think Victoria Hand is the clairvoyant. She's like, how about that? Chew on that. May gets onto her secure line, says it's emergency protocol one. And someone else picks up on the other line who's not Fury. Apparently, Director Fury is dead. That was a really good reveal that just yeah. like someone else picks up and you're like, what? What? And as soon as that happens, the bus gets shot up because they're on the ground now. Right. So May is over in a med bay. She reveals that Fury assigned May to watch Coulson for signs of physical or mental deterioration as a result of bringing him back. 
Yeah, so I guess the truth about Tahiti has been revealed by now. To some I thought degree. they strung it out longer. It's 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 still ongoing, but <laughs> the fact is that there's a drug that that they use to revive him, and then also they use this giant computer re- to rewire his brain. Uh huh. <laughs> yeah. So apparently, she made an assessment and told Fury what was necessary for this team. What she wanted was a bio, someone in biomed to repair his body if anything happened, an engineer who could reprogram his brain, and a specialist who could help her take Coulson down if it was necessary. And she said she did it all. She lied to him to protect him. Oh, there you go. <laughs> That's why I'm like, I know it's there. Actually, I do have it written down. Good job, Pastel. So it's yeah. all about Coulson. It's all yeah. about him. But like, why? Because it was an experiment to see if they could bring someone back, basically. Oh, okay. Which we don't find out here, but that's that's yeah, that's what it what's what it is, yeah. Okay, yeah, I like the reveal that May was behind it all. That's very much like Fury, like playing three dimensional mm-hmm. chess, like yep. manipulating the Avengers and then manipulating the Shield agents. Mm-hmm. So I like that. So it's revealed that Fitz cut the hydraulics on the cargo bay doors for the bus, so it'll buy them some time. They need to wipe the system for all this fancy tech that they've encountered you know, in their adventures, which they don't want to get into the hands of anyone else. Right. As they do so, Sky is backing up all that information on a, on a drive. See Trip and Simmons taken into custody, and the goons blow the cargo bay doors open, board the plane, but find that there's no one on the, on the bus. Hey, uh... Can you guys come give us a hand with this? <laughs> and then later they take out the tractor beam. Do you remember uh, that part? Yep, yep. So they, but they escaped by actually cutting through the bottom of the plane with, I forget, oh, it's called a mouse hole, I think, this gadget that uh, Fitz had created, which we actually saw in The Winter Soldier as well. Yeah, but he introduces it this episode just when he needs it, just like James Bond would do. <laughs> split up sky and ward are going to disable the systems and get control of the bus you think that old man can take out the tractor even time <laughs> okay that's enough all right uh and so it's i they were told icers only everyone else is going to rescue simmons and trip okay you know now that you say it i can't and we'll get to why i can't unsee that now good that's why i'm here so victoria hand is interrogating simmons and trip she reveals that Hydra has taken over. Director Fury is dead, and they have to either swear loyalty to Hydra or they'll die. Yeah, it comes off like a villain monologue, certainly. Yep. And as this, they're told this, Trip knocks one of the guy's guns out of the way. Simmons throws him the knife, and he gets one of the men at knife point. And as this is happening, Victoria Hand's super nonplussed about it. It's like, that was the correct answer. And apparently it was an all a, t- all a test because they're not Hydra. They're the ones who are loyal to S.H.I.E.L.D. Oh boy, this is making my head hurt. <laughs> so they have all of everyone who's level 5 and under in holding cells. And they also have microphones in those holding cells to see who may or may not actually be Hydra and who may not be who's loyal to S.H.I.E.L.D. in there. Which is not a bad idea. I was confused by this. I thought Hydra had just taken over everything. And she was they pretending to be to. Hydra. Yeah. But, like, take it over this one base. Yeah. Oh, no. No, they tried to, but Victoria Hand got away with, like, got, got control. Well, she she and her cell of, like, seven people are trying to get the upper hand. 
Well, then who fired on the bus? Her. Okay. Because she thinks Hand is Hydra. Or not Hand. Coulson is Hydra. Yeah, she says that. But why? Because he's been acting out of the ordinary. And we'll have a whole list of why later on. She explains that, yeah. So anyways, the thing that made me think of Star Wars is Garrett and Fitz are pretending to be Hydra agents, taking in May and Coulson in handcuffs, very chewy in the right. disguises. Where are you taking and this thing? Prisoner transfer from cell block 1138. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I also have Star Wars written down there, yeah. <laughs> yeah, so they get control of this, I think this is a surveillance station, so they can see all the surveillance cameras. So yeah, so here's where Victoria Hand is insisting that Coulson is Hydra, Simmons refuses to believe it. They list off all of his crimes, like disobeying orders. I have written down, she says, he's a liar and he keeps secrets. Again, (laughs) they work for a spy agency. Yeah, but you're not supposed to keep secrets from each other. But they do. (laughs) Right? I mean, I feel like some of the movies we've covered in the past, they keep secrets from each other. True. But S.H.I.E.L.D. is supposed to be a better agency. <laughs> a fictional agency. A, fi- a fictional better agency, yes. But I'm trying to think of things. Oh, yes. Like, there's things that he like that he did that made him seem like he was actually Hydra. Like, or he was at least not under control of his own actions. Yeah, he's a bad boy. He doesn't play by the rules. Sky and Ward are in a closet together. They're getting ready to try to go after the control center. Also around here, she gives him the big hard drive, right? With all their secrets. Oh, yes. She says, this this is probably safer with you. Yep. I was like, oh, no, because I remember Ward as Hydra. I remember that. <laughs> yeah. So he's feeling guilty for apparently killing an innocent man, the fake clairvoyant. He says he thought she was protect- he was protecting her and then says that, you know, maybe if we make out a- all of this, you know, can we grab a drink and talk? Like you offered to before. Ugh, this conversation was so awkward. <laughs> she says, when we get out of this, yes, we'll we'll have get, grab a drink and talk. And then she kisses him. And then a great fight scene. Dual yeah, wielding. Amazing fight lots scene. Lots of punching. Yeah, dual wielding the icers. He fights off 12 guys. And he starts, you know, starts off, it looks like he's doing pretty pretty good. But then he's like overwhelmed. And he's get looks like he's getting the crap beat out of him. And they're like stomping him. Yep. And you see Sky listening in on the fight. It sounds like Ward has been beaten because all the sounds stop. And then a door opens and it's actually Ward who somehow got the advantage. Yeah. So she reveals to Ward that she's not going to hack the system. She's going to blow it up because she's got a ton of explosives. Mm-hmm. May spots Hand on the surveillance cameras. Garrett says that he wants to take out Hand. Coulson wants to question her instead. Garrett reveals more than he should know. Specifically, he knows about Coulson being tortured in the machine, which Coulson says he never told anyone. Garrett claims he must have read in a report, and it's at this point that Coulson figures out that Garrett is the real clairvoyant. Yeah, this is a spy movie cliche, but I never get sick of it. No, no, it's good, yeah. Like, that whole... I never told you that I wear blue underwear. Dun-dun-dun. <laughs> <laughs> you never told me her name was America Chavez or something like that. <laughs> something like that, yeah. Yeah. Uh it's it's classic and I do love like I like it when I can spot it and identify it. When I'm it makes me feel clever because I'm like, Good. oh, oh, wait, she never said that. Good, you should yeah. feel clever. It's impressive. Yeah. 
But yeah, just as it's revealed, a bunch of men barge into the room, have them all at gunpoint. Garrett tells them, I know that uh, Agent Sitwell was in charge of filling you, out your your ranks and told you what to do in a, a situation like this. And at that point, a bunch of the agents kill the other agents, and those are the, all the Hydra loyalists. Dun, dun, dun. Well, all the Hydra loyalists, or are they just happen to be Hydra loyalists? Like, presumably there are more elsewhere. Oh, yeah, well, no, but they're the ones of that group who came in. Those are the Hydra loyalists right. that, who just killed the loyal S.H.I.E.L.D. agents. Yes. So they get Fitz, Coulson, and May in handcuffs. Garrett's monologuing. <laughs> Says he's not necessarily a true believer in Hydra, but he felt the wind changing directions and swung his sail. That was great. That was just my mm-hmm. favorite part of the episode. Because as the chattering class on your head say, oh, Hydra are Nazis. They're white supremacists. They're totally evil. And maybe we shouldn't be making movies with them in it. But then I'm like, well, what made so many S.H.I.E.L.D. agents join them? Like, mm-hmm. what's their motive? Because I don't think Garrett's a, like a white supremacist. I and mean, he doesn't come off that way. But I liked that in this episode, he was like, yeah, they're taken over and it's either get out of the way or get run over. So mm-hmm. I'm going to go with them because they're like the stronger <laughs> horse or whatever. I like yep. that. They say that they'll put Fitz into their tech division, either by force or by choice. And Fitz is defiant saying, no, nope, yeah, you can might as well just kill me. And they're all about to be executed when the power goes out, when it's revealed that Ward and Sky took out the power with their explosion. Well, yeah, they do the the good two explosion joke. <laughs> was Have that you it? Seen that, that before? Was it? No. <laughs> yeah. uh, I feel like yes, but I don't know where. Anyway, so May and Coulson use the distraction to take out Hydra goons. May does this incredible like Black Widow esque move. <laughs> yeah, they got the stunt coordinator to double time with that. Yeah, and like May is about to be taken out by another goon when actually Fitz uses a real gun, not just an icer, but an actual gun to shoot one of the Hydra goons as he's, like, hiding under a table. Yeah. What a guy. Yeah. Coulson and Garrett are having a big fight, and Fitz helps Coulson out with the, some sort of, like, stun grenade gadget. Han and her team burst in and get control of the situation. So Han says, we heard everything. And I was like, are you, what? This, just what? But then I remember Microphones earlier, everywhere. Yeah, they had surveillance cameras that I guess are yep. still working, even yep. in the middle of a Hydra takeover. So it's fine. They take all of the Hydra goons into custody, including Garrett. This is when Trip finds out that Garrett is Hydra, and mm-hmm. he's pissed. Ward also finds out. And this is all in like, in uh, with just like music cut over it, so we don't actually hear what they're saying. Uh-huh. But Ward finds out, and he's looking really upset as well. And Sky sees him and like wants to comfort him. Victoria Han reveals, or basically recaps the end of Captain America: The Winter Soldier. <laughs> yeah, says that Captain America defeated the Helicarriers at the Triskelion, but Hydra has taken over various facilities. It's going to be a power grab. Yeah, and Hand and Coulson are now in charge. Yep. So Hand is going to head to the fridge, which is their holding facility. Uh, to bring all of the Hydra, Hydra uh, goons, particularly Garrett. Mm-hmm. Ward says that he wants to go with to ensure Garrett is secure and also wants to see him suffer. <laughs> and Hand leaves Coulson in charge of the hub. And they reveal that, yeah, they may be the highest ranking S.H.I.E.L.D. agents left. So Ward leaves with Hand. 
and the rest of the team goes to see the remains of the bus. Coulson tells Sky to reinstall the firmware to get it up and running. He says, May is not a friend. We are not oh, friends, right. May. You can't sit at my lunch table. <laughs> I don't understand why. Like, her story checked out. But she st- he still doesn't... It's because she lied to him. <laughs> but she lied to him in order to protect him. No, I guess after a day like today, he's, like, just suspicious in general. He needs a little bit of time. Yeah. So, yes, on the transport plane to the fridge... Victoria Han thinks that maybe she, they should kill Garrett before they get to the fridge. It might be better that way. She gives Ward the opportunity. He loads his gun. And instead of killing Garrett, he kills everyone else, including Victoria Hand. Yeah, that was sad. I liked Victoria Hand. Yeah. And then, I like this, so usually at the end of every episode, before they have their like last scene, they have a, a S.H.I.E.L.D. logo. This time, it's a HYDRA logo! Nice. I also thought that at the end we were going to get one more Hell Hydra because they, they're they like looking at each other. I was like yeah. waiting for them to say it. Uh-huh. Actually, what I was waiting for was Garrett to say it. Or no. I was he waiting for Ward to say it. I was waiting for Ward to say it. Yeah. But he never does. Yeah. And then we get a post credit scene of him just brooding in the airplane. Yeah. So Garrett's like telling another one of his stories about this one time and something, something, right. something. Ward is looking down, super pensive, and then looks up and stares straight at the camera. Yeah. Okay, so now it's time for our Spy Factor versus Fiction. I have a little bit. All right, what do you have? So I was trying to think, do we have any stories of like a whole organization getting taken over? I was thinking about it, and I was like, yeah, Yeah. I read a news article. So here's a news article from the BBC. Israel's Mossad suspected of a high-level Iran penetration. Oh, interesting. All right. So do you remember in November 2020, which feels like a very long time ago, when that nuclear scientist got killed with a remote control machine gun? I do not remember. You don't remember that? Oh, it was was a big news story. So this guy named Mohsen Fakhrizadi, Iran's most prominent nuclear scientist, was assassinated with a machine gun that was controlled by artificial intelligence and a remote control. Whoa. While he was driving in his car. So not only do you require, you require a lot of stuff like that, according to the article, and there were no civilian casualties. According to Iran's intelligence minister, Mahmoud Alavi, he said, the person who planned the killing was a member of the armed forces. We couldn't carry out intel operations on the armed forces. He implied the perpetrator was a member of the Islamic Revolutionary Guard Corps, their most elite military unit. If so, they would have to be high enough to basically brush off the warning, carry out the plan. Uh, sources inside Tehran's Evin Prison Security Ward says that there are scores of high-ranking IRGC commanders held there, also Iranian ambassadors. Um, yeah, today, former Iranian officials are concerned that the Mossad has reached officials high up in Iranian security and intelligence ins- institutions. According to Ali Yusini, a former Iranian intelligence minister, the, quote, the Mossad's influence in many parts of the country is so vast that every member of the Iranian leadership should be worried for their lives and for their safety. Huh. So that's wild stuff. Yeah. That's all I have for Spy Factor versus Fiction. All right, I've got a little. So I've decided, all right, we talked about S.H.I.E.L.D. Why don't we talk about HYDRA? Uh-huh. So according to Wikipedia, and yeah, yeah I'm just general comic book reading knowledge from my end. Hydra is a fictional terrorist organization appearing in Marvel Comics. The name alludes to the mythical Hydra um, from Greek myth, uh, which was a multi-headed uh, 
serpent. As does uh. its motto, if one head is cut off, two more shall take its place. Originally a Nazi organization led by the Red Skull during World War II, Hydra is taken over and turned into a neo-Nazi international crime syndicate by Baron Wolfgang von Strucker. Hydra agents often wear distinctive green garb featuring a serpent motif. And its first appearance was also in Strange Tales number 135 from August 1965. Same issue as the first appearance of S.H.I.E.L.D. And yeah, so it's appeared in various Marvel movies and TV shows and comic books. And that's, yeah, that's all I've got for Spy Fact versus Spy Mm. Fiction. Shall we move on to our favorite quotes? Yeah, that one was kind of a tough one. (laughs) Yeah, because I mean, there's not a lot of like... I mean, there's there's things going on, but there's like a lot happening, but a lot of is action based. Uh, okay, yeah, I can do a couple of favorite quotes. I like the one sure. about the wind shifted direction. All right, when he says, uh, "Garrett was like, you remember cutting the room, slicing the pie, and he's moving his <laughs> gun around." Oh yeah, but definitely my favorite one was also Garrett when he says. Oh. Is it cut off a head? I thought it was a limb. <laughs> now that's undermining the situation with the joke a little bit, but it was yeah. very subtle. It's just like the kind of thing I would say. Yeah. All right. So I've got a few, I think both from Agent Coulson, or one where he says, no, John, this is you being a psychopath. Mm-hmm. And then I, my favorite one where he goes, so we'll fly in there and face the music, even if it is the Hydra theme song. <laughs> and we never got to hear that Hydra theme song, did we? <laughs> no, no, we did not. Alrighty. Alright, now it's time for our ratings on a scale of 1 to 10. Martini's 1 being Avengers 1997 and 10 being even better than Burn Notice. How would we rate Turn, Turn, Turn Season 1, Episode 17 of Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D.? Do you want to go first this time? Uh, you can go first. Hmm, I feel like my rating will influence yours a lot. Interest. No, I've 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 got a, a pretty solid. Well, I've got it in my mind. So let's hear it. Let's hear it. I'm curious. Okay, so I didn't like this one as much as the first one. Okay. Yes, it is mind blowing to have it sync up with the movie. But as an episode, there's a lot of double crosses. There's a lot of accusations and people yelling at each other. And I just didn't find the story as engaging as I did the last one. So I'm going to give it a seven out of ten. No, I mean I am solidly eight and a half on this one i like it better than the pilot i think and it is to a degree because of that twist and being able to actually have it match up with the movie but also even just even if you didn't know what was going on in the movie if you had this twist this and you reveal that not only is hydra is there a secret organization within the other organization that you're you know that you've been focusing on this whole time but that one of the members of the team is actually a Hydra agent, and you have no idea about it until this point. Uh-huh. I think it was such a good twist, such a good reveal. I didn't see it coming. I mean, I, I saw the Hydra thing coming because I actually got to see uh, Winter Soldier like about a month or a few weeks early, but I didn't see this ward reveal coming. I like, I mean, I love the sort of secret organizations and stuff like that. And they just did the reveal so well. Like, and right. like I, you, you may not have liked all the double crosses and turns, but I really enjoyed <laughs> it. Like I like the okay, the fact that you didn't know which side Victoria Hand was actually on for a while. I liked that. That was good because I was like, wait, because in the comics, Victoria Hand is not a Hydra agent. But I was like, wait, when they're making her a Hydra, that's different. That's oh, I don't know how I feel about that. Oh, it's revealed mm-hmm. she's actually not. It, it, it all worked for me. So eight and a half out of ten, Martinis. Very nice. All right, well, 
Anything else you want to say about Agents of Shield? Um, uh, all the entire series is currently streaming on Disney Plus. So if you want to check it out, go there. I think even though some, it doesn't always directly connect to the movies, they do a good job of sort of syncing up to the feel of MCU is at that times. You know, when they have Guardians of the Galaxy show up in the mo- movies. Agents of Shield just goes to space. Doesn't directly cross over, but it has that sort of same feel. Same thing with once they get to Endgame, they also coincidentally have a time travel plot. So <laughs> I, I, it, it is a good sync up. There's also actually I would highly recommend. There's oh I don't remember what season season five or season season somewhere around there, which is the framework. They, um, there's a whole storyline about a framework, which is a virtual reality where that they get stuck in where Hydra actually walks. All right, and it's like, it's good. a really good sort of like they split that season they split into half seasons. So the first half of the season was I think Ghost Rider, and the second half was the framework. So yeah, that framework part is top notch. I will say that. Great, thank you for listening. Thank you for joining us. You can find us on social media at the SpyFly Guys on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Until next time, I'm Zach, and I'm Christian. And we are the SpyFi guys, signing off. Thank you for listening to the SpyFi guys. If you enjoyed our podcast, please be sure to give us a five-star rating on iTunes. The theme song from this podcast is Mistake the Getaway by Kevin MacLeod from Incompetech.com. Licensed under Creative Commons by Attribution 3.0. Films, books, and television shows reviewed by our podcast are the intellectual property of their respective copyright holders, and no infringement is intended. This is a personal podcast. Any views, statements, or opinions expressed in this podcast are personal and belong solely to the participants. They do not represent those of people, institutions, or organizations that the participants may or may not be associated with in a professional or personal capacity unless explicitly stated. Any views or opinions are not intended to malign any religion, ethnic group, club, organization, company, or individual. You can find our podcast on social media at The Spy Fi Guys on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram.